Everyone has an opinion when it comes to having a baby and raising kids. Just get the epidural. There's no prize for doing it natural. In my day, we just let the baby cry until they settle themselves down. Have you tried sage oil? And so many more comments, most of them unsolicited. Welcome to the Birth and Parenting Things podcast. My name is Kim, and I've got opinions too. I'm kind of an expert on birth. I've also managed to raise three babies into young adults. I'm here to offer evidence-based information, stories, personal experiences on birth, parenting, and everything in between. So let's do this. All right. Hello. My name is Kim. I am the host of Birth and Parenting Things podcast, and I am here today to talk to you about birth and parenting things. Shocker. So how have you been? How are things? It's been a week. It's the week's not even over yet, and it feels like it's been three weeks. It's so basically for the last couple of weeks, I've been really, really struggling with my own mental health, with my um, own sort of personal mental health issues. And this week I had to take my uncle to a PET scan to figure out if he actually definitively has cancer or not. Unfortunately, his mental health issues kicked into high gear and he had a complete panic attack and was not able to <clears throat> really make it beyond the bottom of the stairs. So we had to turn around and go basically right back inside. Great. So reschedule the PET scan. And in the meantime, that particular day, that was it. My my brain basically imploded. I got a massive stress headache um, that lasted like three days. Um, and then had my family have their own sort of issues, breakdowns and whatnot, all the while trying to dig myself out of a depression hole based on everything that's going on in my life. So uh, I'm trying, I'm working really hard at trying to get out of it. On a daily basis, I sit down each morning and I hash out how I'm feeling, what where am I in the spectrum of my emotions? And it's been helping. So trying to, you know, get back on top of where I need to be. And the funny thing is, is my dog the other night was kind of losing his mind. He wouldn't settle down. He was panting. He kept wanting to go outside. He was going back and forth. And of course we have skunks in the neighborhood, so I can't just let him go outside. And because I'm not dealing with <laughs> top of everything else I have to do, I'm not dealing with skunk, dog getting sprayed by skunk. And plus it was raining at the same time as well. So skunky, wet smell dog. Great. No, thanks. I'm not into it. And I realized in the morning, because when he came back in, I just left him. My son dealt with him and he sat downstairs with him, watched some TV and whatnot. And I just went to bed. And I was re I realized at that point that he was actually just feeding off my stress, my anxiety, my mental health issue and it was making him anxious and stressed out so kind of at that point that was no last night was Wednesday so that was Tuesday night and I thought no I've got to I've got to turn things around so woke up Wednesday with a slightly different attitude and basically just decided that you know 
I'm not really going to get anything done today. I did the bare minimum of what I needed to do, which was deal with my uncle and, and his um, errands and stuff like that and, and go see him and whatnot. And then I basically sat on my butt <laughs> for the rest of the afternoon until I had to teach. And you know what? I don't feel guilty about it because I just needed to not be doing anything. I just needed to not be doing anything that wasn't directed specifically for me. So I sat down, the new shows have started. I'm very excited about the new television programs that are coming on. I'm kind of addicted to TV. Um, there was a new show called The Big Leap, which looks good. It looks fun. It looks, you know, heartwarming. Um, and maybe just a little bit of drama, um, but a but heartwarming as well. So I'm quite excited to watch that. And I watched some other shows, some new shows. So I'm trying to get back into things. But anyways, so on Sunday, I wrote a blog about ways to manage your stress um, in labor. So basically, it's called two ways stress can affect your labor and how to manage it. And I know that can I know, I talk a lot about I'm fumbling over my words. I talk a lot about in my classes, the mind-body connection. And I know that some people think, you know, that that makes me sound a little bit hippy-dippy and whatnot, but I'm not that way. There are definitely doulas that are on the spectrum of being a doula are more, you know, on the, that end of the spectrum. I'm kind of maybe left of center or left, right? I don't know. A little bit off center, a little bit more pragmatic, um, but with just enough of the woo-woo to keep my doula membership card. So I think it's incredibly important to honor that mind-body connection. And let's be honest, especially in the sake of starting labor, we have to remember that we are mammals. You're a mammal. You are a mammal. And we have to remember that labor is a physiological function of your body. And this particular function is affected greatly by hormones, specifically oxytocin. That's the hormone that we need to get everything moving and grooving along. But did you also know that stress hormones can also affect labor? And as you get to the end of your pregnancy, you may be a little bit anxious. You may be a little bit stressed. You may be thinking, oh my God, have I finished work um, before I have to go on mat leave? Is the baby's room finished? Is the car seat installed? Am I even prepared for any of this? And all that stress and worry can release stress hormones that are called catecholamines. And oxytocin, the hormone that actually gets your uterus contracting, among other things, among other amazing things, is actually suppressed by stress hormones. And less oxytocin during labor means it's going to be slow to start. Um, it's going to potentially be a longer labor and a labor that might need augmentation with a synthetic portion, a synthetic version of oxytocin called Pitocin. Now your care provider might call it oxytocin, but if they're actually administering it to you, it is Pitocin. And this really harkens back to our times as um, in that prehistoric period when the stress that we were experiencing would actually be predators trying to kill us and eat us. And back then we couldn't just, you know, stop a saber tooth tiger and go, okay, wait a minute. Um, um, I've got to go into labor here and, and have this baby. Um, it's going to go, oh, you're slow. <laughs> I'm going to eat you. 
So we had to basically shut down that process and run away or put up a fight. Sound familiar? Fight or flight? That means that when we go into fight or flight mode, whether it was back then or whether it's right now, that would mean that our labor would basically slow right down or even stop so that we could get out of the immediate danger that we were in. Nowadays, our stress actually comes from long commutes and dealing with awful people at work and maybe our Wi-Fi being down, which happened about an hour ago when I was trying to record my other podcast. So yeah, that was a little bit stressful. But sadly, our minds haven't adapted into categorizing stress. It's all just stress and it will manifest itself with those stress hormones. So what can we do before labor starts even to actually manage that stress? Well, going for a walk. I've talked about this in in previous podcasts, you know, going for a walk, listening to your favorite music, using guided meditation apps. My favorite does happen to be Calm. I am not being sponsored by them. (laughs) Though Calm, if you would like to get involved. Um, Watching a funny movie. When we laugh, our bodies release endorphins, which is another hormone that actually will block stress hormones and allow our oxytocin to flow. So your baby actually also loves endorphins. Or maybe if you have a very stressful job at work, if it's possible for you to do it, maybe try and go on maternity leave a couple weeks earlier before um, you actually before your actual due date. That might be helpful in helping to reduce that stress. If it's not possible, I know for some people it's not possible to do that, but definitely consider that if you can. Now during labor, um, as our labor starts and progresses, it's entirely possible for our mind to slip into a place of fear and anxiety. If you've managed to stay calm and relaxed prior to going into labor, once you go into labor, that can almost be like, oh God, it's happening. And it could be that you're worried about the pain of labor. You may be worried if labor is going to be really, really long. You might be worried if baby's going to be okay during the labor, all of that stuff. It's really a giant fear of the unknown, right? As labor progresses, we don't know what's going to happen. And of course, Hollywood has um, shown us not the greatest way that birth is going to be throughout our lives. We've been shown in the media and on social media that birth is supposed to be painful and utterly scary. But unfortunately, this version of birth that we have in our minds only amplifies as labor progresses, which again is going to release those stress hormones and stall our labor, causing the care provider to use Pitocin to augment our labor. And Pitocin contractions can actually cause labor to be harder and more difficult to manage. And this is where that fear, tension, pain cycle comes from. So Dr. Grantley Dick Reed talked about in his book, Childbirth Without Fear, talked about his experiences of birth um, that he was a part of in Europe in World War One, And at that time, birth had not moved into the hospital yet as it had in North America. And he experienced birthing parents basically you know, just giving birth without any pain medication and, and questioning when he asked, you know, what their pain levels were, or, you know, how painful it was. And their response was, it was it supposed to hurt. So that fear, tension, pain cycle, the idea then 
in labor is to try and remove the fear, <laughs> which can lessen those stress hormones, remove the tension, which is important. So setting up for relaxation and allowing your body and your mind to actually relax throughout the labor itself. So one way that we can help reduce some of this fear and stress and tension in your labor maybe even before labor starts is take a prenatal class maybe one that isn't taught by a nurse that works for the hospital but maybe one that's taught by a doula or a registered childbirth educator these classes are not necessarily designed to teach you how to be a good patient as say other hospital-based classes are they are there to eliminate the fear and to teach you about all your options in birth, empowering you to be the main decision maker in your birth, which is, isn't that what we all want is to not have birth run us over like a Mack truck, but to actually be involved in the process. You can also hire a doula, even hiring a virtual doula that can work with you and support you and your support people before dur and during the birth can eliminate the fear, offer suggestions for non-medical comfort measures, which can get that oxytocin flowing. They can help you potentially stay home longer so that you're not in uh, the hospital, which can also sort of set off those that fear and stress hormones. They can coach you through the process, eliminating the unknown and answer all those questions that you might have before, during, and even after the labor. I was told once recently by a client that had their baby uh, several months ago, we had done, um, we had done virtual support together. And during a frantic phone call in the weeks before labor began, I was able to calm them down and explained what was happening to them there. They were talking about, I think they were talking about the mucus plug and, you know, oh my God, the mucus plug came out. What do we do? Blah, blah, blah. And I managed to just, you know what, this is what's happening. This is what your body's doing. This is what to expect in a nice, calm, rational voice. And their partner said to me, you're basically crisis management, aren't you? Yes. Yes, I am. <laughs> Those that stress and anxiety and, and flipping into crisis mode, a virtual doula can and an in-person doula can help fix that for you. So you can also utilize during the labor itself, utilize um, comforting touch during the labor, which again will help release endorphins, as well as making you feel safe and protected by your support people. Your support people have to think of their role as being, you know, they're like the protectors of your space so that you can let go and just really labor they will be the ones that will be there to um, protect your space, answer questions for you if need be, um, pull you out of your sort of zone if a question needs to be asked of you. If we watch elephant videos of elephants birthing, and let's be honest, elephants are amazing. They are a matriarchal society, so very cool. But when one of them is giving birth, the what will happen is they will stand in the middle of a circle of other female elephants and these female elephants will actually face out they won't watch the birth they'll actually face out surrounding the the birthing elephant and what they're doing is protecting 
all sides of the birthing elephant from any predators that are coming. So they're there to, again, hold that space and protect that space so that birthing elephant can let go, let their guard down and birth. There is actually one, there's a new video on YouTube about it because um, the ones I was watched I had seen before were in uh, in captivity which you obviously don't get that same sort of dynamic but this is there's a new one out there honestly I can't remember what it's called but it's quite cool to watch so find it it's it's quite it's quite fascinating so your um, support people need to be your your other elephants surrounding you and protecting you so that you can let your guard down and let go and just birth. Um, that use of comforting touch as well allows them to know, especially if you're laboring with your eyes closed, allows them to know that you're there and that the support people are there so that you're not alone while you're going through this. You can also use water and hydrotherapy, which can also help um, eliminate the stress and tension in your body, help you relax your body, which can lessen the pain that you're experiencing. And you can help, which can help you minimize your defeat, your fear, um, your defeat, your fear and calm again, those stress hormones. So definitely look at ways as you approach the end of your pregnancy to find ways to relax and let go and you know maybe it's a matter of talking to yourself and talking to your brain I heard a TikTok earlier today yesterday I can't remember but was basically saying you know those thoughts in your head that are telling you that bad things are happening somebody put those words in your head somebody gave that voice to you and put it in your head maybe Hollywood was the person that did that. Maybe Hollywood was the one that put it into our head. Maybe it was a well-meaning friend that told you, you know, of their birth story that was awful because somebody put it in their head that birth was going to be awful. But we need to find those ways to eliminate that self-doubt and that fear within your mind to allow your body to do what it needs to do in order to get your baby out. So don't discount that mind-body connection. If there's anything going on in your brain during the birth, before the birth happens, that's giving you self-doubt, that's adding fear into the mix, please talk to somebody about it. Find some meditations or apps or something or reading good stories and good books um, that will maybe calm the situation. Because let's be honest, on television, in movies, if you are pregnant, 100% of the time, it's going to be a catastrophe and it's going to be dramatic and it's going to be life-threatening. But in real life, that actually only happens about 2% of the time. So let's have a little faith that things are going to go the way they're supposed to. And if not, then you have a care provider that is going to be there for you to help minimize that catastrophe. So as a friend has told me in the past, don't buy trouble. Okay, let's not let's not get there. Let's not get there before we actually know what's going to happen. Right. All right. So I think that's going to be me um, because it has been a week. <laughs> and I want to know, 
what, if you've had a baby, what were your stress levels like? What were your thoughts and fears leading up to that birth? And did, do you think that that played into anything during your labor? Or did you go in with the idea that birth was just birth and it was going to happen and you were just there along for the ride? Let me know. You can email me at birthandparentythings at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. And I'd super love it if you can hit that subscribe button and maybe tell one friend about this podcast, about this um my little experiment into educating and teaching through podcasting. All right. I hope you have a really good day. I hope it's not raining where you are like it is where I am. I hope that you are able to wear a mask. And if you choose to get vaccinated, that you are getting vaccinated and that isn't a hindrance for you. And I hope that you are enjoying things as life unfolds for you. So have a good one. Bye.